I need to give a testimony. We've been praying for a long time for Sister Michelle. Her mom has cancer. Her father recently passed. And um, her mom went home this past week with hospice care. Sister Michelle has had to move in with her. So she's going to be gone for an extended period of time. Don't know how long. I said take as much time as you, ta- you need to take. And we know that you'll be ministering to your mom. Her mom is Jewish um, in her 90s. And, um, and as we know, as we've, we've kind of talked about many Jewish people don't believe in Jesus Christ. And um, many of them are very against the Lord. They feel that Jesus is not the Messiah. So we've been praying for a long time. But on Wednesday night when we were meeting, I mentioned to the, to the group that was here that we wanted to keep Sister Michelle in prayer keep her mom in prayer, and also last week we were, we were praying for her mom and uh, doing the noonday prayer. Within the hour of the Bible study, and we've been going through the, through a, doing a series on the kings, and on last Wednesday, I actually, I didn't do kings, I actually went back over the message from last week with the, with the group. And it was very pertinent to what happened, because within that hour, I got a text at about 7.57 <coughs> from Sister Michelle who said her mother, her mother had accepted Yeshua, Jesus Christ, as her Savior. There was a praise that went up in this place. <laughs> we called Sister Michelle. There was worshiping. There was a, we ended, we ended Bible study after that. We had a couple things said, but we, we ended after that. To have Sister Michelle's mother accept the Lord. Many of you, of you may not really understand how significant that really is. Her mother accepted the Lord. Her mother was, was against the Lord. Would not have, and would get upset with Sister Michelle if, if she would mention, her, would mention Jesus Christ to her. In her own simple way, Sister Michelle, she accepted the Lord. We called her right then on the cell phone, put it on speakerphone, and let her hear the praises that were going up in this place, giving God the honor for what he has done in her mother's life. She said, she sent a text back right away saying, I'm going to keep this message, because it was on her voicemail, she wasn't even answered. She said, I'm going to keep this voicemail forever. She says, I'm going to save it forever. It is all about the souls being, about souls being saved. It's all about people coming to the Lord. And when that happened on Wednesday, and those that were here, to, to see what God has done with a person that was so against the Lord is absolutely incredible. It's only the Lord that can change the heart of people. We have been given the responsibility and the task of planting the seed and watering the seed. But there's no way that you can make a seed grow. I don't care how long you look at it. My daughter told me one day I was sitting there in the kitchen, put a pot of water on, and the pressure cooker that my wife had bought for herself, but I use it more than her. And I'm sitting there, come on, water, boil. She says, what she say? 
Watching, watching boiling water won't make it boil faster. Watching water don't make it boil faster. Something like that. <laughs> and I said, you're right. And I'm up here saying, come on, water boy. It made no difference how much I yelled and looked at that pot. I've got, sometimes I will get a chair and put it right in the kitchen and wash that flames. Okay, come on, let's go. It ain't going no faster. <laughs> It's only the grace of God and the work of God that can make things happen. And it's the Lord who does it in his own time. You have a responsibility. This is not what I'm preaching about. I'm going to get to that in a minute. (laughs) You have a responsibility to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Only the Lord can change the heart of a person that's been against him. I want you to bow your head with, with me, if you would, please. Today, Lord, we are thankful to be able to stand before you and to give you the honor and the glory. We thank you for the precious word of God. And we do pray that you will help us as we delve into the word. Thank you for people hiding the word of God in their heart, that, Lord, we may not sin against you. We do love you. We honor you for the privilege of prayer and worship. We thank you for all that you're doing. Take us to places we've never gone. Take us to heights we've never been to before. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to do it. I have a continuation from last week, and this is the title of this is called Giving, Lying, and Death. Giving, Lying, and Death. Turn to your Bibles to Acts chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 3 through 11. Acts chapter 5, verses 3 through 11. Acts chapter 5. I'll be reading from the, new, the NIV, New International Version. Acts chapter 5, beginning at verse 3. And it says, Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Verse 6. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young man came in, and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Giving, lying, and death. Confronting sin is never 
and not always an easy thing to do. However, it is a necessary thing to do. Confronting sin helps to possibly save the sinner from the judgment of God if they take heed. And secondly, it can help to lift the guilt that people are often under as they try to hide and keep undercover their deeds. Ananias and Sapphira, and some may say Sapphira, but in the Greek it's the, the Iota. I know when my, my brother-in-law was teaching the Greek, he pronounces it Sapphira because of the Greek, one of the Greek alphabets, the Greek alphabet. But anyway, not so much for that. Ananias and Sapphira had no idea of the consequences that would befall them on, this, on that fateful day. If they had, they would have taken a different course of action. God's judgment does not always lead to death, but he knows what judgment will get our attention. Simply trying more covert ways to sin will not have you escape the full penalty of God's judgment. Simply trying more covert ways to sin will not have you to escape the full penalty of God's judgment. Last week when we were dealing with this passage, giving lying and death, we, we briefly mentioned Barnabas. Barnabas was a person that is also, he had the name of Joseph, but he was given the name of Barnabas by the apostles, and that name means son of encouragement. He was an encourager. He was the one who went and got Saul. You see, Saul was killing the church at one point. We'll, we may get to this in this study, or the Lord may have me go to a different place later on. But if we continue on this path, just we'll mention that Saul was a persecutor of the church. But when the Lord changed his life, it was Barnabas that we mentioned last week that brought him to the apostles when the church was saying, that brother's out trying to kill the church. We don't want him a part of our group. We don't want him in our prayer meeting. Because brother is out killing people. But when he was converted, the church wanted nothing to do with him. And it was Barnabas that went and got him. It was Barnabas who, who also went with Saul on his first missionary journey. When the church had sent him off and, and had and the Holy Spirit had commissioned them, it was Barnabas that was included with Paul in going out along with John Mark initially. It was this Barnabas that sold a field, and because of the work that God was doing in the church, people were selling lands and fields, and they were bringing their money and putting it at the apostles' feet. They didn't have to do it. It was something that they decided to do because... It was placed in their heart to do. But there was nobody at that point said that you had to do this. It was because the growth of the church was, was taking place. There was excitement. God was moving. And so that there would not be any needs among the people, the, the church, from time to time, some of the people sold possessions of their lands and brought the proceeds. Ananias and Sapphira, or Sapphira, they sold a piece of property. And what they decided to do, they wanted to look better than what they actually, and then, than what they actually were. 
They wanted to, to act as if they were giving more than what they were giving. In other words, they wanted to be seen by the people in a certain way. There was a problem that they had with pride. Pride is something that God says in the book of Proverbs that he hates. Pride will cause you to have a serious downfall. They didn't know, however, that their pride would lead to death. And so Ananias and Sapphira, they sold a piece of land. And they conspired. So when we read this passage, we discovered last time that it was the discernment of the Holy Spirit that he gave Peter discernment that Peter was given, that said Ananias and Sapphira are lying. So when Ananias brought his gift and put it at the apostles' feet, Peter said to him, how is it that Satan has conspired how has how how is it that you have conspired to lie against the holy spirit how is it that satan has so filled your heart ananias that you have lied to the holy spirit and kept back some of the money for the land he says wasn't it already in your possession to do what you wanted to do with but you see when ananias brought the funds he was bringing it to be seen, not to honor and to give glory to God. On the day that Ananias and his wife Sapphira were to go and present their lie to Peter and the apostles, I can imagine that they had all their bases covered. They decided who was to go first and who was to come in afterwards with the same story. Number two, we have to assume that they rehearsed what they had planned to do, and went over any questions that they thought might arise from the apostles. One of the major problems with sin is that sin rarely seems to take into account that God is listening in to our conversation. I don't care how much planning you might do to do wrong. When I was a kid, I sometimes planned to do wrong. Map out my escape. <laughs> Only to find that God was listening in to my plans. <laughs> and was going to cut me off at times on the path. You know, there are times when we've got a little bit of rope. You, have you ever used a rope to climb down a wall or a hill? And you kind of tug on that rope just to make sure that it's still taut, it's still tight, still secure. You don't want that rope giving way. But you pull on that rope just to make sure it's tight. And, and, and then you go down a little bit more. But you see, what we do, we, we, we take just enough rope basically to hang ourselves. <laughs> just enough rope to hang ourselves. And God will give you just, you just have to keep going. Go ahead, go ahead. But you know, because God loves us so much, he'll let us go only so far at times before it begins to pull. No, okay, that's far enough. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, we would self-destruct. God keeps us in his wonderful mercy and his wonderful provision 
from self-destructing oftentimes. Ananias and Sapphira did not know that morning when they woke up, that would be the last morning that they woke up. <laughs> Today, people have decided to pursue the praise of the people by saying that they are not going to be a snitch. Everybody know what that word means, I think. <laughs> Even when it comes to a person having lost their life, some people refuse to talk because they don't want to be seen as being a snitch. So the name snitch carries with it a negative connotation. And so there are many people who want to avoid this name being given to them. God does not play the same games that we play. The Holy Spirit told Peter what Ananias and Sapphira were up to. He told him. So in a very creative way, Peter allows Ananias to bring the gift and to place it at his feet. And the Holy Spirit told Peter what they had done. You will note as you read through this passage, you hear no comments that Ananias makes. It's Peter that's doing the talking. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that it was Peter who confronted Ananias and his wife in their own secret place had conspired to do this? God was blessing the church. The church was growing. The church was moving. And they wanted to be seen as people that they were not. Ah, so everybody is giving. Let us also give. But let us give with the whole idea of receiving praises from the people so that they think of us in ways that builds up our ego. <laughs> it says, tell me something good. <laughs> I told you all before, tell me that you love me. <laughs> Y'all know that old song. <laughs> I'm going to leave it right there and go right on. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, I remember that song. Peter lets Ananias complete his transaction. It is, it is interesting to, this, that's a series of questions that, that Peter asks Ananias. There are questions that basically the answer is already known by Peter. So he asks these questions, but there's no response. And the questions actually are further indictments of, of Ananias in regards to what he's done. They are indictments. They are questions that are indicting him. And I can imagine that Ananias is thinking, how did you know this? And immediately, when Peter gets through saying what he does, and saying, wasn't it at your disposal, Ananias? to do with it as you wanted. You, you sold the land. You could have kept 10%, you could have kept 90% and given away the 10, or you didn't have to sell it at all. Wasn't it in your position, and in your possession rather, what made you think 
that you could get away with this is one of the questions implied. You haven't lied to us, but you've lied to the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that at that very moment, he fell down dead. I'm going to tell you this. If God, with all of us, if God would strike us down at the moment of a sin, there will be a whole lot less. <laughs> a, whole lot le- a whole lot less of sin. <laughs> you, you have to recognize that God had to show that he's not just like any other God in the land. God is a holy God, and because of that, it means that God is a God of judgment. You see, sin is an offense to God. Sin violates the, the, the relationship that, that, that would have us to be close to God. It, it puts a separation between us and God. God cannot have his church based upon a lie. As Ananias and Sapphira have come, they are saying we're going to deceive the church. And the Lord is saying, I'll have no such part of this. And the Bible says that he fell down. Now, not only did the death of Ananias at this particular point, if you notice it, it brought fear to the church and those that heard about it. Y'all saw that, right? It didn't only bring fear to those who were doing wrong, but it brought fear to those who were doing right. Think about it. Those that were doing right would be even more determined to do what's right. Because they would learn the lesson. The Bible says in Proverbs, what, 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So when you begin to fear the Lord, you have moved into the realm of wisdom. Anybody that's outside of the Lord is not living in wisdom. To fear God means that you have moved into the realm of wisdom. It's the wise person who serves and loves God. It's unwise to be outside of the ark of safety. I was watching this program, um, or just this clip, of this guy riding his bike through this, I guess it was some bike ride through some safari. And an antelope or some big thing come running across the field. And this dude said, leaped up and knocked him off his bike and kept on going. Did any of y'all see that? That is the crazy. Go Google it. Google it. Guy get hit by antelope or something like that. It was the most bizarre thing. And I'm thinking, wow. That thing could have killed him. When we look at sin... Sin, let me just say it this way. You riding along, minding your own business, ain't bothering nobody, right? Just on your own, but living in sin. But just riding on. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, you, when you don't even expect it, boom! You say, what happened? You see, that's what happens in our life. It's like sin comes when you don't expect it. You know, we got these little pet sins. Oh, nice 
little sin. <laughs> my little sin. My little pet sin. Keep it right here tucked in. <laughs> my little pet sin. That sin getting a little bit bigger. <laughs> Still my sin. My sin. Oh, look at my sin. <laughs> Can't pick up the drum set. <laughs> I'll get my point. You, you, you see, we, we have this little pet sin, and we keep right on nursing it. And it begins to grow. And when you think... That that sin is in your control and still under wraps. That sin is out big and loose. You no longer can control it. It's controlling you. Who told you that you could control sin? That's a lie of the enemy. The Bible says forsake your sin. When we forsake our sin, God comes in and he begins to, 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 to help us to be able to stay away from that sin and begins to build us up. You see, Ananias and Sapphira did not forsake their sin. They continued on and planned their sin right on. Let me move on. About three hours later, verse 7, his wife came in not knowing what had happened what had happened? Peter asked to tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? <laughs> Look at this. Yes, she said, that is the price. Now, in the first instance, Peter does not ask. He just sees what Ananias did, and he says, how could you lie to the Holy Spirit? Well, why did you allow Satan to feel your heart? In the case of Mrs. Ananias, Sapphira, he says, uh, tell me, is this what you got for the land? And she says, yes, it is. Now, I can imagine that during this time when she's on her way and people have, have known what has happened, that they probably were looking at her a little strange as she came into town. I can imagine that people that knew what happened were probably looking at her and said, you say, that I ain't seeing nothing. Because there was already fear of what had happened. And here she comes. She didn't know what had happened. And she comes before Peter and he asks her, is this the price? And Peter says, when Peter says this, she says, oh, yes, that's the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen. He told her to listen to the footsteps. Listen. The feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door. And they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. There were morticians back in this day as well. Y'all know what morticians are, huh? They took her out. 
The Bible says, again, he just said, it just said it earlier, all those that heard it feared. Great fear came upon the church and all those even on the outside. There was a, and think about this, there was a respect that came into the church that day that was on a new level. There was a respect for the church that day that the people evidently didn't have before. It, it, it reminds me, when you think about this, it, it, thank you, Lord, when you think about sometimes after a great victory, we talk about this, sometimes a trial comes. I think about David. When David was coming back after a great celebration of bringing the ark back, the people were rejoicing. That rejoicing was immediately cut short when death broke out in the camp because Two men touched the Ark of the Covenant that weren't supposed to. Why? Because it was not being brought back the right way. Even though you might be rejoicing, if sin is in the camp, God is still judging. There could be rejoicing, but when judgment comes in, it tends to put an end to that until it's dealt with. When they found out how to bring the Ark back, they did it, and then they came with rejoicing, and everything was okay. The church... When they recognized that God is no one to play with, there was a respect for the church, for God and the apostles. In fact, the Bible says there was such fear of what had happened that they said that there were many that told the disciples, you know what, we're not going to come and join your prayer meeting. We're going to just, you know, we, we love you, but we're not going to join y'all. <laughs> you know, we're, gonna, we're part of the church. Y'all go and do your thing. It says, and many of them would not even join with them. There was a fear. And that, in other words, I mean, that's a good thing. There was a proper and a healthy fear. Now, you've heard the word fear before. You heard the word that we are to fear God. Yes, it means respect, but fear also means fear. I think some people get it wrong. You see, the people on the outside of the world today, they don't fear God. They don't fear God. Fear means fear. Anytime God got on the scene, he had to tell them, fear not. Some people say, oh, if I can just, I say, if I can just see an angel, <laughs> you fall down dead. You, 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 well, I won't say that. I was about to say something. You would have to go change your clothes if you saw an angel. <laughs> Get my point. Angels are powerful beings. <laughs> And so we have this little thing, oh, my little guardian angel. He's a little guardian angel. He's powerful. He represents God. He stands in the presence of God. The angels of God are mighty beings. But they're not to be worshipped. God sends them to protect us. So we don't have a proper respect. Fear means to respect, but it also means to fear. It means to fear. I bring this to a conclusion for today. What sin have you been hiding from the church or from God? <laughs> well, if it's not cleaned up, judgment is knocking at the door. And remember this. Every time you sin, it opens the door of God's judgment a little bit more. But all repentance and forsaking of the sin will shut the door of God's judgment on that very thing. But when you stand and sin, 
It's like knocking and asking for God to send judgment. And I think sometimes just because God has not treated us as Ananias and Sapphira, that we sometimes think that, oh, God is such, he's so wonderful, he's merciful, he's gracious, and yes, he is, and therefore I can keep going. No, that is time to say, you know, Lord, I'm really struggling here. I better stop this. Because oftentimes when sin comes in, we come crying, oh, because judgment is never fun. God's judgment is never fun. And yet God's judgment is meant to also correct us. It judges us for sin, but it should help us to know that, you know what, can't keep doing this. When I had to spank my kids, it meant to say, hey, don't keep doing that. Yeah, I spanked my kids. Growing up. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to spank this. So. <laughs> yeah, I know it. I, I, I see some kids today. I can tell you, I can tell you many of them, some, some of them ain't been spanked. Some of them ain't been spanked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I can't tell y'all, as I conclude, I can't tell y'all how sometimes I sat in some room and looked and said, my, I just want, I'm just like, they can't see my thoughts here, but I'm going to share my thoughts. But sometimes I'm sitting there saying, oh my goodness. <laughs> if that child ever did that in my house. <laughs> I'm, this is just my thoughts. I'm just sharing my thoughts. I'm kidding me. Keep going for a minute. Ain't no way. Parent, let me help you right now. I got a belt. Do you want it? <laughs> I'm not talking out loud. I'm just giving you my thoughts <laughs> to them. But there are times when judgment and consequences are to help us. What sin have you been nursing? Bow your head as we pray. Take inventory. We've all been there. This is like killing it up. Because we really don't want God's judgment. Today, Lord, we are praying that the sin that we have held on to and have thought thought to ourselves and have even told ourselves, I have a can't help it, that we will recognize that God says, I'm bringing judgment upon that sin. And we pray that we will learn the lesson from Ananias and Sapphira, that we will understand and know that God's sin receives the judgment of God. So today we are praying that we will confess our sins to you. We will confess our sins to you and forsake our sins. We won't, Lord, be a people that's plain church, a people plain with God. But that we will, Lord, love you for you are great and mighty and merciful. And, and the time that you've given us to get it right, that we will take full advantage of it. For, Lord, we really do enjoy the blessings and the benefits that you bring. 
Today we honor you. We do love you. We worship you and magnify you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Take this word with you today. Stand to your feet, please. Only Jesus Christ saves. Only the Lord can forgive sin. But you've got to forsake the sin. <laughs> and let me just say this as we leave. I know that there are some sins running through your mind. <laughs> yep, those are the ones to forsake. <laughs> so that we can experience the blessings of God and the goodness of the Lord. May the Lord bless you. Have a great day. Amen. Amen. <laughs>